Welcome to the Nigeria Czech Podcast, the Miami Herald's Nigeria Basketball Podcast. I'm David Wilson. I am joined, as always, on the other line by our Heat slash Nigeria basketball beat writer, Anthony Chang. Anthony, what's going on? Nothing much, David. You're joking, but I almost feel like I'm the Nigerian national basketball team beat writer at this point. Like, just soaking in all this... Uh, Nigerian basketball, and I feel like an expert, even though I've been following the team for about a week. But it's been fun. We were talking before we started recording. I was just like, I, I haven't watched as much uh, Olympic action as you have, and you were ask, and you uh, ask what wh- if I'd been watching, and I said, uh, yeah, what days were they again? And you go, the Nigeria games or the Team USA games? <laughs> it, it, we're, <laughs> we're in that admit state of mind where the Nigeria games are uh, are just as important to us right now. Um, we joked about it last week, and then, of course, uh, they beat uh, – I, I think we said that the Nigeria should be really the Heat fans' uh, national team with three Heat players on the roster. Um, and then, of course, they beat Team USA on uh, – what was that? Sunday night, I guess, I think? Saturday night. Saturday night. Saturday night. They beat Team USA on Saturday night. And uh, obviously, uh, I, I don't think a lot of people knew that Nigeria's roster looked like that with, uh, what, like eight NBA guys or something like that on the team. Um, so it was, uh, you know, it's, it's nice to feel right sometimes. Yeah, and, and Gabe Vincent, by the way, shout out to he yeah. two-way contract guard Gabe Vincent, who's going to be a free agent this offseason and is probably going to make some money with his Olympic performance. Um, we, we said, said last week too. Yeah, <laughs> we said he would probably be a breakout star uh, for Nigeria. And he had 21 points on six of eight shooting on threes against Team USA. Um, so we were right. So come come to the Heat Check podcast or the, now the Nigeria Check podcast for all your Olympic discussions. We we are on top of everything. Yeah. Uh, so we're, we're going to start there. Obviously, um, Olympic basketball for us right now is is the big story because of all the Heat connections. Is same kind of stuff we talked about last week. Um, obviously, Bam on Team USA has been uh, okay, I guess. Is that how, how would you kind of describe Bam through three games of uh, of tune-ups for, for Team USA? I thought he's played well. Um, you know, nothing spectacular, but it's hard, you know, on the team like that where you're playing with Bradley Beal, yeah. Bam, and Kevin Durant, you know, together on the court. Like, you're going to be the fourth or fifth option if you're Bam. But yeah, he's, he's, he's doing a lot. Of, he's playing a different role than he does yeah. in the team. Right, but yeah, I think he guards. I I don't know. I haven't looked at the final box score, but up until like the middle of the fourth quarter um, of Monday, what is it? What day was it? Um, Tuesday's game against Argentina, which Team USA won. I think Bam had his team high in shot attempts, so he did have a good, pretty, his probably his best game um, on Tuesday. He also had five rebounds and five assists. He was really passing the ball well. Pop used him and Draymond together. Yeah. For extended minutes for the first time, I think, you know, in the first three exhibitions. Um, and that, that worked well. Um, so Bam's definitely going to have a big role. Like, that's obvious at this point. He started two of the three games. Yeah, well, I'll tell you who's not going to have a big role. That's Kevin Love. So that, Kevin that, means Love. that, uh, that Bam's going to have a big role. Yeah, I mean, the, the big, I mean, Jeremy Grant, Draymond Green, and Bam are pretty much the big men on the team. And then Kevin Love is there for insurance. But Bam is going to have a big role. I wouldn't be surprised if he starts. Um, and you could tell, like, how. How they want to use him, like he's gonna be, he's gonna be used as a facilitator mostly, and also rolling to the basket, just taking advantage of that space in the paint that all the Team USA shooting creates. So he should have some pretty good opportunities around the basket. Yeah, well, we'll let's 
We'll we'll hit Team USA a little later on, um, maybe like a little panic meter kind of uh, look, and, and obviously dive in a little bit more to just how Bam fits with that roster. Uh, but this is the Nigeria Czech podcast, after all. We have to start with the Nigeria national team, um, who obviously their win against Team USA on Saturday kind of put them on the map. Um, I, I think we were looking at that roster the other day, or I, I guess a week ago from when we're recording this, um, and we were like, this roster kind of looks good, and it's pretty good. And a big reason it's pretty good um, is a handful of Heat guys, and and you mentioned Gabe Vincent, and that is the guy who that um, you know. There's obviously a lot of guys like that of that kind of caliber on the team, right? Guys who are um, either like fringy NBA players, um, or obviously the other the other two Heat guys are kind of young guys who who could be like real NBA players two or three years from now. Um, but Gabe Vincent falls in that category of a guy who like if you're not a Heat fan, you probably never heard of him. Um, but if you are a Heat fan, you're like on a national team. That guy makes a lot of sense as a rotation player, and um, as you said, he was awesome on Saturday. Um, and, you know, this Nigeria team has a couple guys on the roster that, that feel like they're going to make some money out of this. Um, and Gabe Vincent is, is definitely one of them. Uh, if you're the Heat, where, like, does your opinion change of him off of this? Does, does he become a guy that's more important to target as, like, a guy to keep around? Obviously, he's a free agent this season. He's been on a two-way contract with the Heat. He's going to be looking for a standard contract if he can get it. Kind yeah. of seems like he's going to be able to get it. Obviously, it's early, but you know, I think even before this, there was probably a decent chance he was going to get a standard contract because he was okay in in a, a small role with the Heat last year. And there are some bad teams that need to fill out rosters. But if, if you're the Heat, where you kind of come down uh, on Gabe right now, and and do you think this can change uh, the Heat's opinion of him? Obviously, it can change a lot of outsiders' opinions. But do you think this could change the Heat's opinion about him? I think that he know who he is at this point, yeah, right? And, and and he did have a really good game against Team USA, and it's not like he hasn't he hasn't played. It's not that he hasn't played well in the other two exhibition games for Nigeria, but he also hasn't played that. You know, it was it was kind of a one game thing. Not saying that he can't do it again, but his his last two games have been he's been pretty quiet. Um, but you could tell he's going to be the lead guard for that team. Like he's going to be the starting point guard for Nigeria in the Olympics. So I, I think he really does have a real opportunity to maybe change other teams' per- perception of him. I think that he kind of have a good handle on, on what he could be and what he provides. Um, and he, he showed he's more than a shooter this season with the Heat. Like, he was a pretty good defender. And he kind of bought into that and, and kind of said that that could be one of the ways he earns more playing time. Um, but, you know, I think the Heat are going to – what hasn't changed is they're going to offer – they're going to extend the qualifying offer to him, which basically keeps Gabe under, you know, their control, whether it's a two-way contract or standard deal that might be dictated by other teams and the market for him. Like if, if other teams offer him a standard deal and, and they force the Heat to match, whether it's a minimum deal or whatever, like the Heat are then going to have to make the decision, do we use a, a fifth, one of our 15 roster spots for Gabe? And do we, you know, at that point, if he's on a standard deal, then he counts with the salary cap. So that's another, um, you know, decision he'd have to make. So they're going to give him the qualifying offer. I, I don't. I think that would have been true whether he was in the Olympics right. or not, because he's he's earned that. The question is, what does he get from the outside, and are the Heat forced to give him a standard contract to keep him because other teams are are offering him uh, that type of deal? Um, so that's going to be interesting, and um, you know, it might depend on how he plays in Tokyo. I mean, it's going to be you know he really has a chance here um, to raise his NBA stock 
Yeah, he's uh, he's in a similar spot that I kind of feel like probably a lot of guys about his age are. He's 25. He's been in the league since 2018. Um, been a fringe NBA player, like we said, a two-way guy. Um, although I don't think he spent any time in the G League last year, right? Or I guess the Heat didn't even have a G League oh, team yeah. last year. So, yeah. Um, you know, so it just has not played a lot, right? And not has not played a lot publicly. Like you said, the Heat obviously know – um, what he can do because they see him in practice. They, I'm sure he does, you know, more like ball handling and that kind of stuff, creation just in practice and, you know, when they're messing around or whatever, like before practice, after practice, they, they know his skill set. Um, but the outsiders just see the, you know, being the guy who's, like you said, is a good defender when he's called upon, um, can hit an open jump shot uh, pretty reliably, but, but doesn't get asked to do a whole lot. Um, and normally, you know, he would be a guy who, would have a couple of G League sample sizes, you know, a couple of years of G League t- tape to watch and, and see. Obviously, G League is a chance for guys to show a little bit more of their, or not G League, sorry, Summer League. Uh, and Summer League is a chance, obviously, for guys to show a little more of their skill set. Um, and that's where he's at with, with Nigeria now. So I, I think you made a good point that, like, the Heat know exactly what, know, pretty much know what they have with him because they see him practice every day. But, but outsiders just don't have a lot of tape on him. And uh, that will obviously change for him. Um, obviously in, in Las Vegas as they're, they're doing tune-ups now. And then, uh, once they get to Tokyo, uh, later on this month, um, the more important, I think, heat player to, to take lessons away from in this, uh, Nigeria run is Precious, uh, who obviously was the Heat's first round pick last year, um, played a, you know, he was a part of the rotation, I would say, this year for the most part. Obviously, kind of in and out a little bit, but uh, in the end, probably was in the rotation more often than, than he was not. Um, and he is a guy that obviously, when the we we saw how big the the big man issue was for the Heat this year, right? Uh, especially after Myers Leonard's injury and uh, scandal and, and trade, they they just. Didn't have a, a guy to play next to Bam a lot. Obviously, the rebounding really caught up to them uh, in the first round series against the Bucks. And uh, Precious is like that's the interior fix to that, right? If you don't want if you if you're the Heat and you don't want to have to like really address that in the off season, uh, your hope is that Precious becomes a guy who can play really reliable minutes. Uh, you know, at the four, maybe next, maybe play those guys together sometimes, uh, or if not, just like. A true like when Bam is off the court, you have mini Bam coming behind him, and um, obviously you're you're we're getting to see a little bit of that with with Team uh, Nigeria. We're seeing the skills, you know, we we saw it in flashes last year, obviously too. So I, I, it's not like the, the the stuff he's doing well is is totally coming out of nowhere. But I think we talked about it last week when we when we were kind of running through the guys who are maybe going to get the most out of this Olympic experience. I think we said Tyler Hero, but after a couple, after like a couple of days, I especially because Tyler's already done and how much you really take away, hopefully a little bit, but I, I kind of feel like Precious is actually the guy who is, has the most to gain from this summer Olympic experience. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And he's looked good. Like, yeah, you, you're right. Like we, we've seen this skill set before he's flashed it. It's not like, Anything too new or right. surprising? What they thought they were getting when they drafted him, it's what he showed off yeah. a little bit, and now he's going to do it more. 
Yeah, I mean, you see the athleticism, him getting aboard and just taking a full court for a layup, like in transition, kind of like what you saw Bam, you know, what you would see Bam do early on in summer league, like when he drafted him. Like he has that skill set. He has that versatility, the athleticism to make that happen where he's not just like a post-up big. He's he's more than that. Um, His best game was against Argentina a few days ago, 12.7 rebounds, three assists. Um, He was really dominant inside. Obviously, you take that with a grain of salt because 41-year-old Luis Scola was guarding him. But anyway, like, it, you know, he, he was effective. And I think one of the most encouraging things, and it is a very small sample size, so I, I get it, but he's made two threes. Um, two of three on threes so far in the exhibition schedule for Nigeria. He attempted one three with the Heat last season. He missed it. So obviously, he's not he's not used as a three-point shooter by the Heat, but... If you're looking to get play Precious and Bam together, like you need one of them to shoot outside right. shots. And yeah, Precious is not gonna be a forty percent three point shooter. Like that's not what he is, but if he can hit an open three, like he's been doing with Nigeria so far, again, small sample size, um, that opens up possibilities for the Heat. And he, he said it like at an, in, in his exit interview right after the season that he was gonna be working on his jumper. That was a big emphasis for him. And, you know, he shot a few threes, he shot some threes in Memphis as well. Like that was part of his game in college, but the fact that he's stepping into rhythm threes with Nigeria, like that's those are good reps for him. Um, yeah, do you know where he hit those threes from? Were they top of the key? Like, yeah, I, I think one was like trailing in transition. The other one was like just a driving kick where they didn't really step out to him, uh-huh. um, and he he just hit it. So, and Mike Mike Brown was asked about it after the uh, the game, and he said, you know, we we know he's going to score most of his points inside, but. You know, he even prefaced it by saying Spoh's going to kill me, but I've been telling Precious like, if he's open and his feet are set, take it. Like, he has a pretty good stroke. So um, Nigeria's in, encouraging him, like, if he's open, to take the three, uh, which I think, again, is, you know, maybe he's not going to take – he's not going to be used a three-point shooter by the Heat, but if he at least has that in his bag and he could – and he, he feels confident, his team is confident in him taking that shot, like, that can tra- that can be big for, for what the Heat can do, you know, in the front court next year if he can play with Bam. Yeah, it's kind of the, the inverse of, like, what you get out of playing with Team USA versus what you get out of being on a national team for a um, – I don't even want to say a worse team because obviously they beat Team USA, but but a, a less stacked team is, you know, when we when we talked about what Bam can get out of this, um, we talked about him getting asked to basically do different things, and by that we mean, like, kind of a more refined, like, he doesn't have to be the creator like he is so often for the Heat, and – you know, he doesn't have to be the guy who averages 18, 12, and 6 for his team to win. He needs to be, like, the guy who, you know, rebounds a little bit more, who, who kind of gets to play kind of more of, like, an, a traditional big man type thing, which obviously we saw kind of bite the heat in the end when they got killed on the boards in the playoffs. And, um, you know, the size came back to bite them. He's getting it. Bam's getting to do that. It's a different skill set. It's a more refined skill set. When when you play for a team like Nigeria or, you know, I guess that's the one team we really have to worry about. But when when you when you get to play for a team that does not have the same level of NBA talent that is looking for different ways to to like manufacture offense, like they're gonna like let you loose. Like they're gonna let Precious loose because if he's not shooting a three, like it, it means some other fringy NBA guy is like taking over, right? Like like there's no there's there's obviously like hierarchy and who the stars are, but it's not the same as like with Team USA, where like like we said, Bam's not going to be the focal point of the offense because like they have Kevin Durant and Damian Lillard, and you know they'll have Devin Booker. So like 
Bradley Beal. Like, there's a lot of guys taking shots there. Uh, in Nigeria, with Nigeria, there it's just not the same, obviously, and that means that you know, like they can have a game where Gabe Benson is their is their best player. They can have a game where uh, you know Precious is is their best player. They you know they're, they're all these guys are on kind of a little bit more of an even plane than um, than with Team USA. Yeah, I mean, I think that's exactly right. Like, there are times when they're like isolating pressures in the post. Right, exactly. Yeah, I think it was against like, Team USA. Like, never, that would probably never happen for him in the NBA. Yeah, at least not for the next few years, probably. Like, and against Team USA, there was a, a few minutes when Kevin Love was in, and Kevin Love was in him, so they would just dump it into the post to pressures and basically clear out, clear out for him and yeah. let him let him create, which makes sense. Um, but again, yeah, like those are. Those are reps that Precious would have gotten in summer league, or would get. You know, maybe he still gets them if, if, if he's able to play in summer league. But that's why I think the Heat, and I've spoken to someone with the Heat actually about this, um, they're okay with them missing summer league. If that's what it comes down to, just because they think this experience is going to be good for them, and they think like learning new things from another NBA coach. It's like you know they're playing for an NBA coach. Mike Brown has is an accomplished NBA coach. Um, they think it's going to be good for them. So. I think, you know, this will pay off for Precious, for KZ, um, and for Gabe, just getting this, you know, experience in a bigger role. Speaking of KZ, um, he did not play last night due to an injury. Uh, We're recording this uh, Wednesday morning. Uh, But Mike Brown says he's a featured defensive player of the year candidate. Uh, Do you buy that? Um, No. But, but I, I did. I mean, the Heat drafted him because of his defensive. Right. Potential. Yeah. Like it's just like a testament to his skill set on that. that yeah. I I think the bigger point is that he can be a really good NBA defender, and he has the skill set to be that. I, and I don't think that's surprising. You know, I think we've kind of known that. Like you just look at him and you could see that he has the skill set, the physical tools to be a really, really good, versatile defender. The Heat drafted him in part because of his feet and how quick his feet are. Um, and we've seen it in spots in the NBA. Obviously, he hasn't had much playing time, but um, we've seen the the potential of him on the end of the court. Offensively, there's still you know there's obviously still work he, you know he needs to put in to get better at that end. And, and Mike Brown said as much. But defensively, like he can make an immediate impact. Um, and and that's the way Team Nigeria is using him. Like like Mike Brown said that they were going to use him in a kind of a Draymond Green role, uh, which we should know. Mike Brown is an assistant coach for the Warriors, so he knows the Draymond Green role well. Um, I think it's Team USA, uh, KZ started the game on Dame, basically picking up a full court, did mm-hmm. pretty well on him. Um, later, was guarding Draymond a little bit, which is more of his position. But then at the end of the game, they brought KZ in from the bench, like in the final minute on a few important possessions, to be the one that guards Kevin Durant. So you could kind of see that they're using him as like their defensive specialist, you know, type of guy. And he... He hasn't shot the ball well yet. Like he's had a, he's had some, he's kind of like using a three and D role at this point, and he's got a good amount of three point shots. He hasn't really made many, but um, he he hasn't playing good defense, and, and they're going to use him in that way where he's probably going to be guarding the team's best wing player more often than not. Yeah, I guess it's encouraging that Mike Brown uh like would say something like that, but it's also at the same time it's a little discouraging that you know we we're talking about the way that Nigeria is just going to like let precious ISO like they're just going to let these guys kind of. Everyone get their turn because, um, like I said, they don't have a Kevin Durant. Um, but it's a little discouraging that the KZ, like, the offense is still pretty uh, pretty unimpressive. And, you know, you can obviously carve out a role in the NBA if you're just a defense-first guy. And, and again, like, this, he's a second-round pick. Like, 
we're not expecting him to be. I mean, there's only a Chris Middleton like once every four years or whatever. Um, but KZ, you know, the the ceiling is is clearly uh, limited with him. But but again, like he's the guy who's going to get a chance to to have this role. And um, you know, I, I don't think the Heat. I wouldn't think the Heat are ruling him out as, as a guy who can be a really good uh, defensive specialist. And again, like all you need to do is if everyone develops a three point shot, it feels like these days, like. He can do that and hit corner threes. Like, can he be like a worse Trevor Ariza or something like that down the road? Like, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like, I think if he can develop into a three and D guy, like that's. I mean, if if you get down to the second round pick, a versatile three and D player yeah, that you can count on off that. the bench, like, yeah, that's a win. But this this is a big year for Casey. I mean, he's entering the final year of his contract with the Heat. Um, he's gonna be a free agent next year. Like, this is kind of like make or break for him at this point, right, this season. If he can't crack, the, you know, the rotation this year, um, you know, who knows what happens next summer. Right. So this is a big off season for KZ, obviously, and then this season is, is really, you know, this is the year I, that probably he want to see, okay, can you can you earn consistent minutes with us? Like, can you be a uh, contributor, an impact player, um, which that still obviously remains to be seen. He's a guy I'd really like to see in summer league. We'll see if it happens. Yeah. And, that, I, and, I, and it should be said, I spoke, this story is going to be posted probably by the time this podcast goes up, but I spoke to all three uh, Heat guys that are on Team Nigeria, um, and I asked them, I asked each one, like, would you be open to playing in Summer League if, if Nigeria doesn't make it out of the group stage and, you know, you guys are available, the night, like, basically a week later to play in Vegas? And yeah. none of them ruled it out. Um, they said yeah. they weren't sure yet. They have to obviously see how it goes, see how their body feels, but none of them ruled it out. So I, I think it is a pretty decent possibility that they would at least play some games in Vegas if they're able to. Um, but again, we'll see. All right. Uh, let's wrap up by talking about some, uh, some of other teams in um, the Olympics. And um, by that, we mean, you know, not a team we typically focus on here on the Nigeria check podcast, but uh team USA, uh, cause they have a heat player too in band. I haven't we'll watched about, their games. So. <laughs> we talked about them a little bit at the top. Um, but obviously, uh, Back-to-back losses to Nigeria and Australia. Obviously, the FIBO Worlds, is that what they played in, I guess, two years ago that, that uh, did not go well? Um, so they, they bounced back with a win against uh, Argentina last night. But uh, it has not been a, a great, like, two years for Team USA so far. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not expecting them to not get a medal or anything in, in Tokyo. But uh, where, where's your panic meter at with Team USA? I think they can get a bronze. I mean, they should sneak in for a bronze medal. That should be. I mean, no. I I, I mean, it, it's not. It's a little discouraging that they lost the first two exhibition games. Like, even, I think they entering this year they have lost two exhibition games like since NBA players began playing for Team USA. So, and they've just lost two in the past few days, which is kind of crazy. Um, but I still think you know, obviously they're the most talented team in the world by far. I mean, when you're playing Kevin Durant, Dame. Beal and Jason Tatum together, like, good luck. But um, there are some kinks to work through, and it, and they've talked about after these games, like, international basketball is different. Like, these guys, they're getting hit, like, it's physical, and they're looking yeah. for calls. Like, they're looking at the refs, like, that's not, a, that's not a foul? So, and they've talked about, like, trying to adjust to that and kind of realizing, okay, we can't just play for fouls. Like, that doesn't work like that here. They're able to push us off our spots a little more, like, the NBA used to be. Uh, back in the day where there is hand-checking, there is more contact. So it's a transition, and that's why these exhibition games are 
very important for this team, even though probably people were like, ah, it's an exhibition. Like, who cares? It's Team USA. They'll be fine. But it's important. It's important for them to kind of get used to this pace, get used to this the new rules, get used to the way the international game is played, and to learn how to play with each other. Um, and for conditioning, like these guys, they've been off for a month and a half. They just started practicing together last week. It's been a long year for them. So it's also just getting their bodies ready for another, you know, basically a month of work here uh, in the Olympics. So it, for all those reasons, these exhibitions are important. And, you know, I, I think if we've learned anything in the past week is that it's not going to be easy. Yeah. USA. They're not going to just blow everyone out. Like, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a, a tough road, but I, I still think they win gold. That's still my prediction. I'm going to I'm, I'm going to go off uh, going to limb and say they'll win gold. Yeah, it's only going to They're also still missing Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, and, uh, yes. and Devin Booker, and that means you get, like, those, those Jeremy Grant minutes come down. Those, those Kevin Love minutes become non-existent. But they got, like, Sadiq Bay and who, who's there right yeah, now? Sadiq Bay, Darius Garland. Like, and Keldon Johnson. And, which, yeah. like, no excuse. If you have this roster, like, you shouldn't be losing Nigeria. Like, any of those guys would basically be the best player on Team Nigeria and, uh, you know, starters for, for Team Australia. But, like, uh, it's going to get easier for them once they get to Tokyo. And so they obviously get to, like, the medal rounds and stuff like that. Um, so they should still win gold, but I wish Kevin Love wasn't on this team. I don't know. I, mean, I, don't, know, I don't know who – there's not a lot of great center options. Like, I guess, like, Julius Randle would be, like – but, again, we don't know who turned it down. Um, I don't know. If you were going to go with an old guy, why isn't Carmelo there? Just, like – let him keep coming back. I know he's not a center, but Kevin Love's not a center either. Yeah, I, I, I you're gonna, we're gonna see. I, I feel like Kevin Love is gonna have a moment. Like he's gonna, he's not gonna play much, but he's gonna have an Olympic moment where like he has some a big player makes a big shot or something. Like I also think it's also like he might not play, but it's important to have some veterans on the team. Um, and he's definitely a veteran, so yeah. maybe he just plays that role. You know, just this kind of off the court like helping guys and all that. So. We'll see. I mean, I, I, they, they obviously went – I mean, you look at the way they construct this roster. Like, it's versatility. It's outside shooting. Yeah. It's, like, no really tra- – I guess Bam is the most traditional big they have on the roster. Yeah. Um, which he's not very traditional. He's I mean, six foot nine, ta- yeah. Yeah, and we've talked about him. Like, he's, like, the like the perfect modern-day center. So, um, yeah, like, you could tell what they were looking for when they built this roster. So, I, I think it's – people have talked about it's, like, too jump shot oriented, like a lot of the guys on the team, which I, I guess you can make that – Critique and, and the way the heat the way the heat the way the team USA has been beat beating these past couple games with just getting out rebounded and getting out scored in the paint like that's something that they'll have to get better at but I still feel confident uh, with Kevin Durant and those guys on the team like they, they yeah. should win a lot of games yeah you could have Kevin Durant and like a college team and I would I would kind of still yeah. feel like they're gonna win gold can we talk about Team Australia though I mean like they're good. I, I kind of think they're – I mean, I haven't obviously seen every team in the world, but they might be the second-best team. Um, yeah, I mean, Spain is usually kind of the gold standard – or the silver standard, I guess I should say. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Australia at this point has probably, like, as many – because the Gasols are, like – I don't even know if Pau Gasol is still playing for Team Spain, honestly. But because, like, Marc Gasol is, is obviously, like, kind of on the tail end of his career and – um, you know, they're just not the same as they were, like, five years ago. Australia is kind of the team that has the most, like, real NBA guys on it, right? Like, Joe Ingles is, yeah. like, 
a legit NBA starter for one of the best teams in the league. Like, Patty Mills, I, I don't know what he does for the Spurs, but I assume he's still productive for them. Uh, he's, he's I had no idea. Good- player for Australia. Like, he yeah. still stars in that role. Like he's I had no th- idea Matisse Dybul was on the team. Yeah. No, he, and he was guarding Durant. He blocked a shot, like a jump, a Durant jumper, which nobody does that except, like, Giannis. Um, oh. He's such a good defender. They also have Josh Green. Josh Green, who was a lottery pick last year, right? Or yeah. a, a first-round pick, at least. Um, Exxon, like they, and they have, um, I forget his name, but they have a guy he played in MBDL, who's just a really good three-point shooter. I think he made six of six threes against Nigeria on Tuesday night. Um, they, have, they, they, have, have they got my guy Josh Landale from from St. Mary's. Loved that guy in college. Yeah, Aaron Baines, and they even he's not going to be in the Olympics, but um, Josh Giddy, who's going to be a he's projected to be a lottery pick. Oh yeah. Uh, and he came into the game against Nigeria on Tuesday night, and he played really well. Made a few threes, some nice passes. Um, He's not, yeah again he's not going to be in the Olympics I don't know why I, I haven't read that story yet but maybe just just to play it safe with it with the draft coming up but um yeah he's they, Australia has some really good players so they're going to be a tough a tough team uh you know if if, when, if they face Team USA again speaking of Spain they do have a lottery pick playing uh, Usman Garuba is a projected lottery pick uh, from Real Madrid so. Um, It'll be cool to get a look. Like, I kind of wish more teams were, were going. I, I don't know. You know. Team USA a lot of times does that, right? Like Anthony Davis on the team. I yeah. kind of wish they had figured out a way to do that with, you know, maybe you go Mobley over over Love or, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the other one would have been. Like, you're not taking off any of the guards, I guess, for Cade Cunningham. But, like, I kind of wish they had found a way to sneak a, a prospect in there. And I, I like when teams do that, so. I'll be excited to see if uh, Garuba get get some run for Spain. Yeah, and it's an interesting year too in that regard because usually the drop is before the Olympics, right? That's and true. Yeah. Now it's like it's like right during during the Olympics, so it's tough. It means also for the guys in the finals, like this is kind of unprecedented where you have three yeah. guys in the finals who are just going to join Team USA on the fly, maybe probably in Tokyo. Um, it's just totally different. Like the schedules make it kind of weird. So I, I think that's part of the reason you're maybe not seeing that as much this year, especially like with Team USA, just because they overlap. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're, we're not really talking any finals today. Uh, there's a game tonight. Too, much, too pivotal for us to, to dive really into it. Um, I have one takeaway. You want to go Giannis is before like, we take a break. Yeah, Giannis, Giannis. is The Heat should have uh, gotten him. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. That's a good, that's a good take. All right, uh, let's take a uh, quick break, and uh, we'll come back with with a couple actual heat topics before we finish. All right, uh, welcome back. We are now pivoting over to the Heat Check podcast, our usual show here uh, every Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday, on the Herald feed. We record every Wednesday. Um, only real like heat heat story this week was, was Duncan. Ro- you wrote about Duncan Robinson as, as he's coming up on free agency. He was on uh, uh, JJ Reddick's podcast, talked about just kind of his mindset going into it. Um, anything interesting you thought from, from that conversation, and um, just just where where are things at with with Duncan and the Heat right now? I mean, it's in the Heat's hands. Right, I mean, he's he's gonna be a restricted free agent. They can keep him if they if they basically want to, um, and they they want to pay the the price that's gonna take. Um, it was interesting. I mean, Duncan really didn't 
he's pretty good about like saying things, but not uh, yeah saying too much. <laughs> like he even said, I'm being vague. He said on the podcast, like I'm I'm being vague on purpose. Um, but he did discuss like just kind of how like, you know it is it's human nature. Like it's enticing to see to kind of see what's out there, right? And what is what his st- what teams will offer him because he's never been in this position. Um, this is his first time really being a a free agent um, and having options. Um, so he's in a good spot, but he is. You could tell he's kind of anxious and just kind of like the uncertainty makes him nervous. JJ was like trying to calm him down, saying that you're going to have a job next year, Duncan. Don't worry. Like you're going to, some team is going to sign you. So don't, don't stress too much. Um, but I, I, you know, I still think the Heat find a way to keep him. That's just my, that's just my, my, my opinion, I would say. Um, because, you know, his cap hold is not big. Um, yes, he is going to get paid probably north of $15 million a year. So you're gonna to have to, you know, give him a, a pretty nice size contract. Um, but his capital is 4.7 million, um, and if the team operates as an over-the-cap team, like I expect them to, um, you know, they could sign they could sign him over the cap, um, and you know, be fine. Yeah, will he need the cap space in future seasons? Yes, that's that's true. But if you sign Duncan to like a four-year, 65 million dollar deal. That's a lot of money, but I don't, you know, part of me thinks that's a pretty decent deal considering Joe Harris got four years, 75. And what did you got Bertans get? Yeah, five years, 80 million. Yeah, so if you could, million. like, if you could get, like, four years, 65, or even four years, 70, like, I, I think you'd do it just because he is so important to this team, especially with Jimmy and Bam kind of needing elite shooters around them to, to really make this offense work. Um, so my my guess is that he will prior, prioritize Duncan. Um and find a way to keep him. Yeah, I think he's really important to keep. My one hesitation, again, I, w- I would still, because that cap hold and because I think he's going to be valuable, right? And he, the, he, you know, they, they ran into some problems with, like, not having those contracts to trade, right? Teams always run into trouble with not having big contracts to trade to get a star. Um, and I'm not saying that they're just going to re-sign Duncan to then flip him in eight months or whatever, but um, I think he's going to have value. My one hesitation is, I wonder if this like the shooters getting seventy million is like a bubble that's kind of burst at some point. And like you said, Joe Harris got a lot of money. I, I think Nets fans were not super happy with him in the playoffs. Dave Davis Bertans got a lot of money, and I know Wizards fans were not happy with him this year. Um, you know, shooters and Duncan is a, a different level of shooter, I think, than those two and you know probably like the third best shooter in the league and the best shooter not named Steph Curry the best shooter not playing for the Warriors basically other than maybe like Damian Lillard um like he's a, he's a different level of, of talent as a shooter but but I do wonder if we're gonna like look if it's gonna be like when we look back and we're like how are all these big men making so much money if we're gonna get to that point with shooters and I have no evidence of like the league shifting away from the value of shooting obviously like it doesn't seem like that's going to happen, but like maybe as more guys become that level of shooters, which is certainly happening, there are more great shooters than ever. Do we wonder if these guys are all overpaid a little bit? But again, like he's so important to what the Heat do, and you don't want to just like let it, you develop this asset out of nowhere. Yes. I know it's like sunk cost fallacy in, in to an extent, like, but again, I think he's going to have value at least for like a couple of years, like even if. Even if we look back four years from now, I'm like, that contract is way too big. Um, I think at least in, in the short term, he's going to be a guy that 
uh, you can use as a trade chip, even if he kind of stagnates as a, as a player. But I, I think there's also development still to do with him, right? Like, I'm not saying he's going to be an all-star or anything like that, but we, we've seen flashes of him being more than obviously just a, a shooter. You know, he's, he creates off the dribble a little bit. He's, you know, he, I still think he has the tools to be a good defender. Like, he's going to – I think he's going to keep improving. Obviously, I have, like, no evidence of that, but, but I – I, I think you got to keep him, but I think there's also a chance like you could come to regret that, which is so if the heat decide to let him walk, I'm not going to be like uh, hung up on that. I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm open to the idea that it w- could be stupid to let him walk, but it also could be stupid to, to keep him on that big of a contract. Yeah. I think everything you said is fair. And, you know, maybe there's something to be said about finding a middle ground with Duncan. You know, maybe you pay him a little more per year, but a shorter contract, you know, where it's not as huge of a commitment, you know, maybe like three years, I don't know, 58 or close to 60. I mean, at that point you're paying 20 million a year, but you shave off a year of the, of the commitment. So maybe there's something to be said to do that. And also, you know, to your point, like, you know, somebody could say, well, you know, not saying Max Schuster going to be Duncan Robinson, but he has a pretty similar skill set to Duncan. And he, he's flashed some shooting potential um, as a two-way guy for the Heat this past season. Like, is there some, you know, should the Heat just let Duncan walk and sign Max to a minimum deal and have him play in that role and, and kind of just keep cycling through those guys where, the, you know, you, you develop them and then you let them go when they're going to get paid? Um, you know, that's that's one that's one thought. But at the same time, I, I think you made a really good point. The Heat do not like giving up guys they develop. Like, yeah. they, I mean, you saw it with Tyler Johnson. Like, they they probably came to regret matching that contract, but the Heat are pretty stubborn about that. Like, if they have, a, if they can find a way to keep a guy they developed in house and and not let a, a team kind of reap the rewards of of their development, you know, devel- their developmental program, they're going to try to keep them. Um, so, I I think again, I I just think my opinion, all signs point to Duncan coming back, but. He is going to get paid, and, and the Heat are going to have to make that. You know, that's a tough decision. Like, how high do they want to go um, to keep him? Um, and Duncan is a guy. He is. A, he's always going to be a three-point shooter. Like, that's what he does best. Obviously, that's why he's in the NBA. But you know, you could make an argument. He was maybe the most improved player this year for the Heat. Like, just his off the dribble stuff and his passing and the way he kind of adjusted to the way defenses um, covered him. He improved, and he's improved. Uh, pretty substantially every year. So that's a good sign for a guy, you know, you're about to invest uh, four years and a good amount of money in. Um, he's, it's not like a, he's not like he's just kind of flatlined and he is who he is. Like, I think he's going to continue to add new elements to his game. All right, uh, let's wrap up with our uh, weekly whale hunting segment. Uh, we have done, I don't even remember, we did Damian Lillard one week, I think. We did, you did one without me. We did Kevin Love last week, which I'm out on Kevin Love as a as a heat uh, a heat target. Um, this week we are going with uh, Kawhi Leonard. News last night that he had surgery to repair his partially torn ACL. Um, he is obviously kind of the dream heat target, right? Like he's he probably is the the leader in the clubhouse in uh, in photoshops per capita on uh, on Heat Twitter. Yeah, I mean he's the whale, right? Like that whale. would be the guy. But would I, you rather, I would you rather have him or Damian Lillard? Well, at this point, Dame because he's healthy. Like he's I don't healthy. even know yeah, when Kawhi's going to play. Yeah. That's the thing. Like he's probably going to miss at least part of next season because of the surgery. Um, yeah. Which I mean, 
if you still can get Kawhi, I think you still get him. Look at Kevin Durant um, when the Nets signed him with a torn, a torn Achilles. Um, but I, from everything I heard, even before the injury, like I didn't, nobody really expected him to leave the Clippers. Like I, I know that he, you know, he was probably going to opt out at that point, and he was going to be a free agent, and that was exciting to discuss and the possibilities. But I, I don't think many expected him to really seriously consider leaving Los Angeles, uh, which is where he's from, by the way, and which is where he wanted to go pretty much almost his entire career before he, he, he arrived in Los Angeles. So I, I think the expectation was he was going to stay. But now with the injury, I, I think it makes even more sense to stay because you can make an argument now you probably maybe just opt in, you get the money. And, and like Bobby Marks suggested yesterday on Twitter on Tuesday night, kind of the smart play is to opt in and then sign a four-year extension. Um, and, and have that money kind of guaranteed at that, at, you know, at that point, because just with the injury, there's some uncertainty, you know, you guys recover from torn ACLs, but um, still there's a little more uncertainty than there was a few months ago. So I think, I don't think it's realistic uh, to think that Kawhi is really going to come to Miami. At the same time, I'm never going to like, I'm literally never going to rule anything out with Kawhi. Cool. Of course not. I mean, people were and saying that LeBron doesn't. To a different degree sense. than anyone else, like we just have no like, it's impossible to get a read on him. Yeah, no, that's I, that's that's fair, and yeah, I think that's why some some were kind of I think the mystery around it opened up that conversation, and I know there were pretty credible reporters suggesting that Miami was going to. I think uh, Kevin O'Connor. Um, I don't feel any, I don't feel this mystery is any less settled than it was three. I feel like it's a, even a more of a mystery because of the injury. Although, not because of the injury, but maybe actually maybe the injury does settle it a little bit more. But just it was so weird, like you know that he wasn't on the sidelines and right. there was so cagey about what was wrong. Yeah, uh, we really didn't know what was wrong with him. We had no idea. Yesterday. We had no idea if it was a. We didn't even know. I guess we knew it was a knee injury, but we had no idea. And maybe they were trying to hide it, and that's why it wasn't on the sidelines, really. But like, it was still weird, and it's been weird for four years, basically, with Kawhi. And it doesn't feel like it's getting less weird. And if you're the Heat, obviously, you'd love to have some of that weirdness in your life. But uh, and I think he will still be in Los Angeles. But like. It wouldn't surprise me if he's like literally anywhere next year. Like if he's if he's seriously considering leaving Los Angeles, I think it's obvious to say the Heat will be interested, right? Um, yeah, and probably the one of the favorites. But again, like it's Kawhi. Like, could he go play in like China? Sure. <laughs> that would be crazy. That would be unexpected. But <laughs> I guess it's it is Kawhi. Um, his max number next year is about forty million. That he can have pretty much like up to like 27, 28, I guess, if they just like completely um, renounce like guys like Kendrick and Duncan. Um, so they'd have to create a little extra cap space, which, you know, they have Andy Ellisberg, so that's not an issue. Um, or I guess they could do a, a sign in trade, I guess, but I don't know if the Clippers are going to want to do that. Yeah. Um, so they, they'd have to create some extra cap space, but again, they it could be done, especially when you're doing it for a guy like Kawhi. You, you make it happen. The Heat doesn't have a lot of assets to give in the in a Clippers signing trade because if the Clippers do, if it comes down to that and they have to sign and trade Kawhi, I kind of have a feeling they want to get some draft picks. <laughs> yes, that, uh, right. Which is that, why it's uh, yeah. Chest. Which is probably why it's not very likely. Um, they'd probably have to sign them outright and create cap space. Which again, it'll be a challenge, but it, it could be done. But yeah. I, I again, I will 
my prediction is he stays in Los Angeles, and that was my prediction even before. That is the three. that's the smart prediction. Yeah, the fair prediction. Can uh, anything happen? Sure, I mean, obviously, but um, I, I think he stays with the Clippers. Yeah. All right. Um, I think we can wrap things up there. Um, you can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. Uh, he's been uh not out in Vegas, but but writing off what's been going on in Vegas uh, this last week with Team USA and Team Nigeria. Uh, you got anything else coming ahead of the Olympics? Flying to Nigeria tomorrow to do some. I actually have a few weeks off now because Team Nigeria is done with their exhibition play. Yeah. So <laughs> just preparing for the Olympics. Um, no, I mean, just really following these guys that are you know, the Heat guys gonna, getting ready for Tokyo. Bam still has a few exhibition games to play with Team USA. Um, and then about in about a week or so, um, the teams will be arriving in Tokyo to get ready for for the Olympics. So it'll be, um, it'll be interesting. And, and I guess we're still waiting technically if like, if the three heat guys will make Nigeria's Olympic roster, I think they will. I mean, they it seems like at least Gabe and, and precious are locks. Yeah. And KZ started two of the games, two yeah. or three games. Like he should probably make it too. Um, but I, I guess that that will become official at some point in the next few days or the next week or so when they make the final cut down to 12. Do you think Bam regretted it all? Not going to play for team Nigeria. Um, by the way, if you're not following at Nigeria basket, I don't know what you're doing because they right, if Nigeria had Bam and the Adetokubo, I think we talked about the Adetokubo's last week, like they would be the gold medal favorite. Oh, for sure. But, uh, but their Twitter account is the best follow <laughs> right now. I mean, you, you, do you follow it, David? You got to follow it. No, like, I don't. I should. They are going after it. Not a very responsible Nigeria basketball podcaster. <laughs> They went after Bam after the Team yeah. USA game. So they like did a meme. Like, yeah. yeah, like so. I mean, I don't know if he regretted it, but um, he might have he might have crossed his mind. Like it would have been fun. To yeah, it would have been fun. Team. That's kind of how I feel. Like, oh man, it would have yeah. been fun to play for Nigeria tonight. But uh, it's a different role. I mean, you're, you're in an underdog role, and he's play, he would have played with like three other Heat guys. So he's been he by far the best player on the team. Yeah, he would have been the star of the team. Um, it would have been cool, but you know, I think when he probably wins a gold medal in a month, he won't yeah. be – he won't regret it. Yeah. Nigeria's going to be in that spot. We talked about this last week, actually, before we recorded. I don't think it got on the air. We were talking about the Lithuanian team from, what was it, 1994 that, like, won bronze, and it's, like, the dream team of Lithuania um, because, like, they, they got funded by the Grateful Dead to even just get to the Olympics. Like, they, they thought they weren't going to be able to go because they didn't have the money. Um, and someone there's they made a documentary about them because it was this like underdog brand new country because it was right after the fall of the USSR and and just getting a medal is like the greatest accomplishment in that country's sports history. Um, Nigeria could be they could be the Lithuania of, of twenty uh, twenty one. Just you know they're going to be a medal contender and if they get a medal it's going to be a it's going to be like a huge moment for that country especially because they are it seems like they're a basketball country on the rise. Um, obviously because they, they pull these guys who have Nigerian descent, uh, that are, uh, you know, American sit, you know, American born players with Nigerian descent, but, um, you know, they've got real like NBA players that are born in Nigeria also, right? Precious, I think was born in Nigeria. Um, I, I don't know who else from this roster was, but, but there are guys like, you know, F.A. Udo, obviously, who's kind of one of the vets on the team, uh, I think was born in Nigeria. Like they've they've got real talent. They're they're on the rise, and if they get a bronze medal, it's going to be like Nigeria. Oh, huge. 
Yeah, like yeah. it's gonna be one of the biggest accomplishments. I, I guess Nigeria's soccer is, is traditionally really good too, so it's not like they're a nothing sports country, but um you know, that that would obviously be momentous. And I obviously winning a gold medal is, is a little bit cooler, but like in some ways those those smaller countries went just winning a medal in basketball, like it sends their nation off into a more of a celebration than, than it does for Team USA, obviously winning another gold. Um, yeah. But again, Bam's, Bam's never won a gold. He's not going to regret it when he gets to say he's a gold medalist. Right. And, and Nigeria's never actually made it even past group play. Yeah. Um, which I think they probably will. This yeah, year. I mean, they should be a medal they contender, should. I think. Yeah. I'm not saying they um, will, but they should be a contender for it. Yeah. They've never, no African country has ever medaled in men's basketball in the Olympics. So they have a chance to make that, to accomplish that uh, first as well. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a big motivation for these guys to, like, be part of, you know, history uh, for this country. Um, so it's pretty cool. And uh, yeah, like you said, like Bam, I'm sure Bam, that crossed his mind, like would have been fun to be a part of that. But winning gold is, is special and yeah. something that, um, you know, no one can take away from you. So I, I, he probably made the best choice for him. Yeah. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DB Wilson too. Uh, football season coming up soon. Um, but for now I'm, I'm heading on a Marlins road trip actually this week. Uh, but I'll also probably have a, I'll be monitoring uh, some of this Team USA, Team Nigeria basketball going on. And and Olympics are right around the corner, and I could not be more excited for it. That is where we will finish this week. Um, Anthony, thanks as always. And uh, thanks as always for listening. Uh, We will talk to you guys next week.